here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. And we're back to an all-new episode of... Keep it. They can't I, keep us away. Hello, hello, hello. Here we are. We can't keep Aida away. I'm back. She's back. I'm back. I'm back with a vengeance. Today. Consecutive appearances. Mm. Two time. It's, it's like Tom Hanks's Oscars. Yes. <laughs> 96, 97 championships. Yeah. I'm here. Yes. 93, 94, but we'll, very good. <laughs> <laughs> How's she supposed to know? I don't know I mean, anything that happened before. She was, was born, born in 2012. See, uh, right. Did uh-uh. we forget to mention that we are infuriated by her youth? Yeah, I was making macaroni art during 9-11. Just want that to know. <laughs> Just want you guys to know. <laughs> um, I am very excited that you're back, yes, but I'm also Happy. very excited for two things that I cannot stop talking about. One of them is Normani. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to stand. We have no choice but to stand. We have to kowtow. I don't even, I've never said that word. It just came out. <laughs> I, I, that's how much I love her and respect her. That's, well, for the song motivation, the video motivation, but of course, guys, she had the song, first of all, with Sam Smith, which mm-hmm. was fabulous. Yes, Dancing with a Stranger. Definitely his mm-hmm. best single for me. Love Lies Love with Lies Khalid. is amazing. Excellent. And by the way, so was her performance at the Billboard Awards where she did some crazy somersault move and landed on her neck. Yes. <laughs> what are you, Lori Hernandez at the Olympics? <laughs> Every move that she does on a stage, it looks like she's in the end of Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> but somehow it happens gracefully and it's beautiful. I've forgotten where Normani came up. Fifth Harmony, yes, right? Correct, Fifth Harmony. Yes. I remember when I saw her, it was on X Factor, right? When they kind of came together. I saw her at the pool table. They would all live together at the house. And I saw her playing pool and I was like, she's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I could tell by the girth of her thighs. I was like, that is a star <laughs> right there. Her and Megan the Stallion. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, and Nicki Minaj reminded us that she was on to this. Years ago. Okay. Uh-huh. She said at an awards show, Normani is that bitch. And then this week, she... It was last year, yeah. I think at the MTV Movie and TV Awards now. Uh, they made uh, a joke about Fifth Harmony. I think Tiffany Haddish did. And Nikki was like, Normani is that bitch. Like a soothsayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I, I remember Fifth Harmony because I saw them in concert once in Irvine. Yeah, I saw them. Brilliant. They came to Nebraska and they opened for Little Mix and I think Demi Lovato. So it was like my wildest dreams coming true. My wildest little girl dreams. <sighs> wow. It's yeah. legal to put Fifth Harmony and Little Mix on the same stage? I know. Isn't that strange? Yeah, but Fifth Harmony got like two songs. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was entirely it. I'm going to say it. That almost feels cursed, but mm-hmm. I'm, you seem to have survived. Mm-hmm. So I love Little Mix so much. I, 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 I love I Little Mix. But the video was amazing. Normani's yeah. video. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> it's just this O to the 2000s, uh-huh. and it is so much fun to see a pop star dancing. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is somewhat rare. We're it's in a saunter a phase with our pop stars and how they move on stage. And sort of like they emo-ish move like little sounds. Troy Sivan kind of like floating through the air. You right. Know? Yeah, writhing like one of those auto store balloons. 
Yeah. Yes, yes. His his main dance move is wearing uh, high waisted jeans. That's it. <laughs> I loved that video. There was. Can I make it problematic in one little way though? I loved the video. I loved it especially because it's dark skin representation and black women never get that. And then it shows her as a little girl. But at one point in the beginning of the video, and stop me if I'm being too you know observatory, but the optics were weird for me because they had a fat woman, and she was with you know that guy, and then the guy like turns around and looks at Normani. That part of the video is very weird. She's dancing, and there's this hot, shirtless guy walking past her, and he goes up to this fat woman. Who's his girlfriend. Who's his girlfriend, but then he looks back at Normani, and I couldn't get the sense of whether or not he was, like, into Normani and not her, or Mm -hmm. if she's like, I'm motivating you, woman. It's a little muddle. Okay. Maybe. I like your take on it. I'm just a natural pessimist and was like, (laughs) what is going on? I feel like people are doing this thing where they're like, let's inject, you know, fat representation and fat bodies into videos, but they're not paying attention to how they do it. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, the optics were just off for me, sis. Like, she probably had no control over that part of the video, maybe. But or maybe it was just her friend that she was trying to plug in and put into the video. But I was like, don't show a man Mm -hmm. who was with a woman who is clearly a fat woman showing more attention to this other woman and all the dancers were like you know able like very the same size as normani you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so it was just an interesting take it's something that kind of went off as a red flag in my head no i definitely noticed it when i watched and i was confused and Mm -hmm. i was like let me make up a reason to make it okay yeah that's how we live in america yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah good for you and um the other thing that i am really excited about is a chicken sandwich well, which one? So, several jumped out this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the competitors. I, I love how the internet went from standing Normani all weekend to arguing about chicken sandwiches on Monday. Right. Uh, but I'm talking about Popeye's new spicy chicken sandwich. And it is shocking to me that Popeye's had never had a chicken sandwich before. Yeah. Uh, I, I had it last night. How do you feel? I went. That's why to, you're glowing this morning. I, I know, right? <laughs> uh, I went to the Hollywood Popeyes because it's the closest one to LA, <laughs> unless you're going to go like all the way to Inglewood, mm-hmm. and waited in a very long line. Uh, was recognized by a Keep It listener. Of course. Yes. But you need to survive. Of, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was the real sustenance you got from the evening. <laughs> um. And then I got the spicy sandwich, which is good because I think the classic one has like a mayo on it, and I'm not a big mayo fan. It's why Shake Shack's chicken sandwich is not that great because it has herb mayo on it. Can I tell you something crazy? So I'm on a hiatus from work right now, so I have very little to do. And um, (laughs) yesterday, um, this is unusually candid for me, I had a hookup that went so well, I went and treated myself afterwards to a Shake Shack chicken sandwich, not knowing this was happening online. So I inevitably, I invariably was political in my celebration. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I just want you all to know that. (laughs) Yes, Lewis has sex, everyone. Uh, (laughs) How was the chicken sandwich? And Uh, the sex. Oh, uh, sex first. (laughs) Lovely. Secondly, the... Uh, I, I, I am a Shake Shack person. I, uh, here's the thing. For how much it costs and for how often I get fast food, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get that that often. So. Yeah. Uh, I like Shake Shack. I'm not one of those zealots who thinks that it's better than In-N-Out because it's not. No, you're incorrect. It is better than In-N-Out. What is better the than The quality In-N-Out? of In-N-Out you can't count on. So you, you haven't had the sandwich yet. 
Uh, where? At Popeyes. Popeyes I have not. Sandwich. It's so fucking good. I went, I don't know anything about where where I'm at in New York ever, but I was at Strand Bookstore, I think I believe that's what it's called. But um, I went to go get it with a friend, Tyler, and we got there and they didn't have it and we were devastated. And I'm telling you this, Full, no full well, I am a vegetarian woman, but I <laughs> am so excited to try this sandwich. I usually eat as, as vegetarian as possible, but I have to have the sandwich. I want to know what it tastes like. I mm. need to know what it tastes it, like. You know what it doesn't taste like? Homophobia. Oh. Sorry, Chick-fil-A. Oh, I'm done with that part of the con- I will never have that shit. Chick-fil-A yeah. will never be a thing. Okay. I have to pick Equinox or Chick-fil-A. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. What a biblical conundrum. <laughs> and like, one of them, I lose weight at. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There you are. Yeah. I do miss that lemonade, though. What do you mean lemonade? That's what I miss oh, the wait, most at from Chick-fil-A? That's what I miss the is most from house? Chick-fil-A. Is it a house lemonade? Yes. The lemonade mm. is so fucking good. It's like uh, it's like the sweet tea of lemonades. Lemonade's already sweet. I don't know. It's so fucking good. And that is what I miss the most. Not the fucking chicken sandwich. Not their waffle fries. I miss a lemonade. To be honest, I've never had the chicken at Chick-fil-A. I assume mm. it tastes somewhat like what I Shake Shack. Like the coating looks this similar to me. Yes, well, so Shake Shack doesn't have a spicy chicken sandwich. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. You guys want to go to Popeye's after this? I don't hate that idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Two days in a row, you ready? All right. Well, before we do that, I think we have a show to do. Sure. Yeah. So uh I am very excited to welcome Jackie Tone here. From Glow. Melrose. Yes. Um, she will be joining us in the studio today. And then we're also going to be talking about Beyonce's husband and his NFL Sean. ambitions. Sean Carter. That's it. That's his whole name. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Boycott Mulan. Oh, God. Hashtag. Hashtag. Boycott Mulan. We'll be right back. Last week, Jay-Z announced that his company, Rock Nation, was partnering with the NFL on entertainment, music events, social activism, and throwing a county fair every now and again. Of course. Uh, Rock Nation, which is home to DJ Khaled and Rihanna, among other artists who put DJ Khaled in this coffee, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, will serve as... NFL's live music strategist, which includes producing the Super Bowl halftime show. They will also work with the NFL's Inspire Change initiative, because we all know that the NFL loves to inspire change. Uh, the announcement, Always from within. Yes. Right? Uh, the We inspire you to stand up during the national anthem. <laughs> or you Face will, the consequences. <laughs> Inspire you, you to find a new job. <laughs> That's it. The news obviously came as a shock to many people because we all thought that Jay-Z was friends with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And now people are left wondering, what are you doing, Jay? <laughs> What's up, Sean? What does it all mean? Lewis is very excited to talk about football today. I'm Truly, sure. whenever like issues with the NFL come up, I say, I think the movie Concussion said it all. And then I walk away with a faraway glance in my eye. And hopefully nobody <laughs> asks me anything else. That's you going long. And yes. then you just get the head out of the conversation. <laughs> um, I personally am going, if I have to hear one more old black man say to me, he's playing chess, not checkers. Like, it's like a three-dimensional <laughs> thing that he's doing. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Because they like love Jay-Z. Jay-Z can do no wrong. But... It looks shady. It, it does. looks very shady. I don't get why he's doing it. Yeah. Well, the problem is we don't know if he has like a master plan, like if he's going to do something or maybe hire Colin onto a team that he's, you know, that he buys or becomes a 
part owner in, but I he hasn't said anything on it. And it kind of looks like Colin's throwing him shade on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe. Here is the thing. I would love for Colin Kaepernick to have a job. It seems he has a job at Nike <laughs> <laughs> where he's making quite a bit of coin. A lot but of money. A football job, yes. But I am wary of Jay-Z being Alexis Carrington in Dynasty mm-hmm. and, you know, deciding to partner with the NFL to then buy a team to maybe hire Colin Kaepernick. That is what the internet seems to think that he is doing. And I'm like, okay, this is like two seasons of a soap opera. Uh, And I don't think that anyone is going to go through all of that trouble to just get Colin a job. Yeah, or he would have been open about it from the very beginning, which he hasn't really been. In fact, he's he said we're beyond kneeling. We have to do other things now. And like, isn't necessarily direct shade, but I feel like is not um, a kind way of talking about what he plans to do with the NFL or whatever he ends up doing. And also the photos of him with um, Roger Goodall uh, are very gross because uh, we all know how the NFL has treated black players. Right. Mm -hmm. And most of my critiques of this come from the idea that you can't work a system from the inside. Mm -hmm. We know that the NFL is a racist institution. Um, We know that it has 70% black players, but it treats them horribly and the health of all of its players horribly, you know? And what does it serve by becoming part of it and inspiring change? I mean, you're inspiring change maybe, but it's also just lining your pockets. And that's really just you leaning into capitalism. Mm -hmm. And we know he loves black capitalism. Uh, He's always singing about it. He's not a businessman. He's a (laughs) businessman. You know what I thought was interesting is he had this quote about um, in in previous years, he had said that he didn't want Travis Scott to participate in the halftime show. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously the implications of that were, you know, because everybody's protesting, whatever uh, black players relationship with the NFL is fraught, et cetera. Mm -hmm. He went on to say, oh, I just didn't think he should play second fiddle to Maroon 5, which I think is a really weird thing to say. Yes, uh, it is a weird retroactive um, answer to that because he spent a year letting people write articles and let people say on TV, oh, Jay-Z told Travis Scott not to do this show. And I feel like the way Travis Scott talked about it in the press, too, we were supposed to get the inkling that... Jay-Z was trying to get him not to do the show because of what was happening with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, oh, no, you should have been headlining yourself. Right. Which he, if that were the case, the I think he would have face. said that explicitly. Right. Yes. And also Beyonce performed second. Well, she's no one's second fiddle. Um, so that's a different story. Yeah. But she did go out during a year where Coldplay was headlining. Right. Along with Bruno Mars. Yes. So arguably third fiddle. Right. <laughs> this Beyonce with the me. fiddle is kind of fun, by the way. This can, the drama that is going to come out of this between Rihanna and Jay Z because she signed to Rock Nation and she has gone out of her way. I saw her like a post that Sean King put up that was this like long Hemingway Instagram caption. Imagine liking any post from Sean King. I though. know. Imagine following him. Talcum could X. never. <laughs> <laughs> And so if she signed to Rock Nation and now, you know, is fully in support of Colin Kaepernick and back in February posted him and was like, I stand with Cap, you know. So mm-hmm. what happens now? She going to have to say no to the Super Bowl. Like, what is she going to do? <laughs> I couldn't imagine. If I want Rihanna performing at a institution that maybe does some evil in the world, at least let it be Coachella. Yeah. So I can go yeah. there and be drunk, you know, in bright colors. 
Right. And by the way, what does this mean for the halftime show then? So who's going to end up doing it? Yes. All black artists? Do they have yeah. to be all black artists? And also, you know, the people who protested and said, I'm not going to do it because of the Colin situation. Now, if they end up doing it, because to say no to the NFL is kind of cool. Mm. To say no to Jay-Z might jeopardize your music career. I don't mm. know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't think that it makes sense to put artists now in this situation to decide whether they want to align themselves with what is clearly like a bad institution. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, we know it's a bad institution. I mean... Rush Limbaugh used to be a fucking commentator for the NFL, you know, uh, and he famously was like uh, racist to Donovan McNabb uh, mm-hmm. back in a period where the NFL wasn't even hiring black quarterbacks. And Limbaugh was on TV talking about how McNabb was probably bad at being a quarterback because he was black. You know, like this is an institution that. How has he not been like ordered to the moon? <laughs> this is a person Our that Australia. people still listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, hello. Yeah. 2019. Quite, quite. So it's no surprise that a lot of people are upset about this whole Jay-Z thing, right? Yeah. Because it, it sort of reminds me of what? Kanye? Mm-hmm. Uh, the photos especially. Kanye. Not the Kanye and Trump stuff. Just the thing about so racism in the fashion industry. Yeah. And his idea of fixing that is for him to have a fashion label. Mm-hmm. It's not to help other black designers sort yeah. of dismantle the fashion system and the hierarchy. It is for just him to be a very famous fashion designer. I feel you're entirely right in that institutions do this thing where they have their token black capitalist. They'll like, I think, Gucci and Dapper Dan and Louis Vuitton and Virgil Abloh and now NFL and Jay-Z. It's like, we're a good organization. We're a good company because we have that black dude that works for us and he's on the board. How could we be racist? And it's just such backwards thinking. And I understand that like what they what he needs to be, what Jay-Z needs to be doing to enact change if he really wants to is to go, go smaller. You know, why does it have to be NFL? It's money. It's mm-hmm. all money. And then there's an the argument of like, but we need black capitalists because once we have bad black people, then that means that there's equality. That's just that you have to check for your own class. And I feel like Jay-Z is just entirely not doing that at all. If That's, you want to see bad black people, just watch Power. Watch Power. Watch that grimy show. <laughs> I just think whatever kind of change Jay-Z could enact, he could have done it without partnering with the NFL. Right. I just yeah. don't see one version of it where it's like, oh, thank God you're with them he now. He has so yeah. much power and money and clout. He doesn't need the NFL. What's the lyric in the song? The Beyonce song. I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me. I don't need you. Yeah. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> what? Literally, literally two years ago, how does wrap it along to that I lyric? Know. And uh, I was like, I'm never watching the NFL games ever again. Now look. Now he's like, but wait. But huh? <laughs> um, Blue Ivy pissed. Blue Ivy gonna grow dreadlocks and start burning incense and burning sage in the house just like I hate my daddy like I, he is pushing that little girl I am thrilled about your Blue Ivy fan fuck I uh. love Blue Ivy and I'm gonna write this story this is a good story I am ready for Beyonce to release a new lemonade but it's yeah. now about Jay-Z Gatorade the <laughs> Gatorade <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. Knocking down field goal posts. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Smashing through the banners, you know, like the ones. That... <laughs> I'm yeah. excited. Uh, uh, I guess lastly, as Lewis pointed out, uh, Jay-Z was able to do his Trayvon Martin documentary. He was able yeah. to do his Khalif Browder documentary, and none of those were NFL productions. <laughs> so uh, he's he and Beyonce have supported Black Lives Matter activists. Yeah. It's None of that came from, you know, watching somebody run around 
with the pig skin. <laughs> you always sound like such an athlete. I love the every time. Yeah, the the legitimate athletic prowess, varsity squad <laughs> energy you bring to this podcast. I will have you know, I am a member of Cheer LA. What in the fuck is that? LA's cheerleading team. Oh God, team. I'm I'm not part of it. Oh, um, okay, got you. They were ho- having some fundraiser at a bar in West Hollywood this weekend, and it was very distracting. Okay. Oh, I bet they're cute people. Are they like five eight but really buff? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So we're canceling title? Yes or no? Oh, right. Title. <laughs> the I thing can- we had. I cancel and re-get title just every time every Beyonce drops something. Exactly. My The memory of like title. Like a wave. In and out. There you are. <laughs> the thing about title I always remember is, do you remember when they had a bunch of artists sign some sort of contract live for something and Madonna was there? Yeah. And she put her leg on the table to sign the document? It was like the weirdest constitutional convention I've ever seen. Where she was, of course, wearing leotard. Anyway. Yeah. These and Rihanna was mind. there. Rih- yes, and, Rihanna. Um, not Daft Punk. The other person. Marshmallow. With the, Marshmallow uh, was there. I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I just hate, I hate the gimmick. I hate the gag. I hate looking at it in the excess. Oh, my God. Nightmares. <laughs> Nightmares. Uh, well, I, I can't know. wait to start watching NFL games. When, uh, you ain't yeah, going to watch when, those games. I, I don't. I don't watch, I don't watch football. <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch oh Packers goodness. games in Milwaukee, and now I'm done with it. Traumatized. I just watched the Super Bowl. Gameplay is too staccato. It's too stop and start. Yeah, I don't like that. You know. How are we supposed to get to the climax? That's what I'm saying. You know. Basketball I get. Soccer I get. We Fast. keep playing the game. Running, you know? running, mm-hmm. go. Tennis. <laughs> a good game. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, when we're back, we're going to make Lewis talk about another sport. Wrestling. I'm kidding, but we will be joined by Jackie Tone from one of my favorite Netflix shows, Glow. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams robe. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? No? Uh, If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) 
Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the Black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Today, we are very excited to welcome Jackie Town. Wow, thank you. From Glow. Hi. From many things. Before we even get to not the that, Netflix. Not that many. Not enough. <laughs> no. We're being real with ourselves. This is not long enough. Give her more. Yeah. Give her more. I want it all. <laughs> uh, before we even get to the amazing Netflix show Glow, which I fucking love. Thank you. Uh, is a show where I constantly am ranking the people in the cast, like, which is my favorite because it changes because everybody gets moments and they're all so bad. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Every episode is different. Every scene you're like, okay, she is my people will comment on my Instagram and be like, ooh, good season for you. Coming up to a close second of my favorite to Kate Nash. Like, (laughs) also, don't (laughs) remember when you just didn't tell me that and it just lived in your fucking head. And that was just as good for everybody. Although I was like. Cool, thanks. And then I mentioned Kate and texted it to her and was like, All right, on your heels, bitch. (laughs) What what is that even like being on a show now where it's like people are responding to you that way? That's a good question. You're asking a person in their mid to late 30s who didn't really get that job until, like, I didn't get glow till my mid 30s. And so. Um, I don't know. That's something I was like used to be insecure about talking about. And now I just want to talk about it. Like now I just want to go like hire actresses of all ages, certainly by, I'm by no means an, an older woman, mm-hmm. but I think for like a chunk of my career, it's, you know, there's such an, such an obsession in our business, um, on youth. And I just think, and I was acting, I have been acting since I was nine. So, like, I had the youth card, and I, when I was 
you know, acting when I was like 15, I looked like 10. So I was that that kid actor you could hire that was like almost in high school, but like could play super young. And I was like, oh, she's a wonderkind. It was like, nah, I'm just grown. <laughs> um, that 10 year old's not that good an actress. She's 20. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, I've just been in the game for such a long time that to I don't know if it's sweeter than someone who goes on their first audition and books it and it's glow, but my inclination is to think it's, it probably, it has like so much more weight and value and I'm like, I'm legitimately treasuring it. Mm -hmm. I'm legitimately like, oh my fucking, like I, I myself can't believe that I'm, I can because I worked really hard and I want it and I can do it and I'm capable and God bless. But I, I, I'm almost like, wow, this is the unicorn lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kathy Griffin didn't get Suddenly Susan until she was 36. And that was her first real right. thing that 100%. we know her from outside of that Pulp Fiction cameo. That's a lot of my icons. I mean, mm-hmm. Joan Rivers is my icon. Gilda Radner, Bette Midler. I mean, Bette and Gilda a little bit, but it's like it, when you're a comedy lady and your value isn't on like your tits being perky and you being perfectly hot and great and perfect all the time, you know, those are the careers that I've... Um, well, certainly not by choice, but those are the careers that I've emulated because of the sound my voice makes and who I am. <laughs> well, so then what's that like being on Glow, a show about women, you know, and very much about um, how we see women? You know, it's it's interesting watching this and being a fan of the sort of original Glow, too. Mm-hmm. There are just so many wild personalities um, and costumes and looks as opposed to... As much as I love wrestling currently, uh, it really does sort of lean on you know more attractive, sure. hot female wrestlers. There's ten questions hidden in there, and I, <laughs> and I love that. But I kind of want to go through. So the first thing is that like it is talk about again like the unicorn lightning in a bottle of it all. If I say unicorn one more time, I'm going to see myself. Out. But, Third time you become a unicorn. Oh my so goodness, my unicorn! Ah, no, still Jewish. No, I shouldn't is. say that in a disappointing way. It's my literal favorite thing about myself. Um, so, um, it, it's this it's this weird thing of like having been doing this for so long, like. There was never an audition where there was more than two girls and certainly not more than two funny girls. So it was like always the hot girl and you could try out to be her quirky friend. But then like I was sort of like lead leaning in a lot of those auditions. So they were like, yeah, she's she's a comic and she's funny, but she's not that quirky friend who's weird and six feet tall, whatever it is that like television writing has to make you also look, look interesting and outside of the box. If you're going to be that quirky friend and which I love. And I, I want obviously those women and me and all of us to have opportunities and jobs. But I think there was a long time where there was one, there was one role Totally. And we're yeah. all Comic showing relief up or whatever. Yeah. And 15, like all these glow girls, right? Let's say all 15 of us are showing up for this job and there's one role. And on glow, there's 15. Mm-hmm. There's 15 women who get to be funny, deep, crazy clowns who do their own stunts, tell their own, like tell their jokes, have their deep crying scenes. It's like, I have chills. I've been mm-hmm. talking about this for three years. I still have chills. Like that is not a thing. So to get to do that is incredible and that we're representing, I mean, I, I don't even know how to say this because I think it gets like a little turned around when I talk about like, I don't even know what word to use to call, to what to call myself when 
I'm so proud that they're talking about Jews. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, I think that's a, I don't know, we're in a time in our country where um, somehow not being cool with Jews is like a, a thing. Mm-hmm. And you can run for office on it, right? Yeah, you're yeah. not. It's 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 kind of scary. And um, so to get to do things as deep as that and talk about inherited trauma and bring back up the Holocaust and how recent that was on this show, it's like, yeah, you I know. thought that episode six was fantastic. Episode six is, Thank of course, you. where you uh, and the ladies go out to the desert to do some camping, and you have a seder around the campfire. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been to many of them um, <laughs> yes. since moving to LA. Not even then. Uh, my mom's best friend. We went to a seder every year. They're so. a, they're great, yeah. and it's just like they're. You know, it's a family dinner. It's just everybody getting together. It's also theater, which mm-hmm. at growing up as a Catholic, we did not have much of, other than the Stations of the Cross. I feel like I didn't fully answer your question because then I took a right turn at Judaism, but here we are. We love right turns on this show. Great. We love we love forks. We love segues. <laughs> those are the, those are the only two things, forks and right turns. Now, unfortunately, or fortunately, I'll say, I am a zealot of American Idol. And I remember you mm. specifically on season eight where you were a semifinalist because one, it was a weird season where there were 36 semifinalists as opposed to 24. So the semifinalists went on for about 21 years. That's right. They kept going. That's right. And you that were I broke into my 30s. That mm-hmm. You were the beginning, I feel, of quirky people on American Idol because that didn't exist for a long right. time. It was just you were a balladeer or a country person. And or then an R&B singer. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. And then we got to a place where you could like wear a dress with sneakers. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So did you feel like a, a strange character on American Idol? Did you feel like a new fit for them at the time? American Idol was so weird, man, because I <laughs> I didn't plan to do... I just was a really weird, super weird kid. And I'm still super weird, but I've, like, toned it down. Like, I just was so fucking weird. Everything. Like, two belts and two watches and a different color shoe on each foot. Like, mm-hmm. I wore wings to high school. And, like, it would send me home. And eventually my mom would just br- keep an, a regular outfit in the office for me because they'd make me change so often. They'd be like, you either go home <laughs> or you go to the principal and put on normal fucking clothes. And, I mean, and it wasn't like my school was strict. It was like I was distracting. Like, what? Stop it. <laughs> so then when I, like, your skirt is rubber, you're 14. Stop it. So I like paint on my face. Okay. So I wore a rubber shirt, a rubber button down with like a latexy rubber button down with carpet sleeves and a carpet collar and a matching rubber skirt. Where were you getting these things at 14? Oh, um, screaming. <laughs> That's what I, sc- I would take the train to New York City and shop at like Patricia Field and screaming memes. Going a out of menace. your way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A true menace. Yeah, no, no, no. This wasn't like someone brought them. Like, no, yeah, I went and stumble upon. purchased them. But also I was a kid actor. So my mom and I would like go to New York City. She would take me and go on my auditions mm-hmm. and we would pat and I, and I would have heard of like, and this is way before Sex in the City when anyone knew what Patricia Field was. Mm-hmm. And there actually we were drag queens working there. Mm. And this was in, I don't know, the early 90, mid 90s. And that wasn't a thing that we see every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was even a time when like one of my best friends was gay and not saying it. That was 1996. That wasn't a long time ago. Mm. And um, so my mom would schlep me around New York and I would beg her to go to like Screaming Mimi's. And she was, to her credit, I mean, the greatest. And I would get these stupid Frankenstein-ass platform shoes that almost break my ankle in, but, like, commit in 10th grade. Anyways, so for American Idol, I just was, like, doing me, and I was excited that they were, like, okay, fun, 
weird, but also I felt, you know, I don't know, maybe I, to my, I, I felt like th- even though like they were letting weird people through to let weird people through, but I felt like when they let me through, it was because I could sing. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I think, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm delusional, but I think it's because like, your, I, did you pick your song no. choice? Jason Morass. Oh, that yours? I picked. Okay. But when they, when I did the live show, that was sort of, this is crazy. So the show is not like fixed or anything by any means, but like any reality show, it's deeply produced within an inch of its life and sort of blurring the line of like, how produced it is where mm-hmm. like I gave them a laundry list of songs. I gave them shit. I could sing like my, my sub would be like Janis Joplin, pink, Carol King, Aerosmith. I gave them like a list of like gritty. Those singers. are four different versions of a rasp. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Badass females. The shit that, and including Steven Tyler, Tyler. Including yes. Steven Tyler. <laughs> like the shit that I could like know I could do. And um, they were like, well, we want you to open and they didn't clear any. Mm-hmm. I, I, they didn't clear one of my songs and I was like oh okay and then I then I brought in like other ones I, I, I was like I would do I'm yours again it did really well in the audition and I I do like sort of fast talky mm-hmm. rappy stuff and I'm playing my guitar and or ukulele or something and they brought up a little less conversation I'd never heard it mm-hmm. and um, I mean I, it was in the back of my mind somewhere as a song that exists but I wasn't like mm, Elvis Presley and they were like because we love your personality we want to open the season with you Mm -hmm. so if you do an upbeat song we'll be able to open the season with you Mm -hmm. and I and I didn't know at the time there is not something there is not a worse fate for a person on American Idol than to go first yes right that is there is no on a night where there's like 12 people Yeah. yeah so there's just and so nobody so there's no one like the four girls that went after me who did all awfully mm-hmm. and like these were girls that are talented this just wasn't their night uh-huh. the, did awfully they didn't have me to compare to that so yeah. I just come out the gate and I'm singing and they were like a couple Randy I think everyone liked it and they were like that was high energy I mean I hate it I if it was wiped from the internet completely <laughs> I would be satisfied beyond I'd be thrilled mm-hmm. so I was like you know but, but that whole thing was like they didn't have anyone to compare you to. So I get out and Simon was like, what are you wearing? And didn't even say one word about the performance or the singing. He thought the performance was a little clowny. It kind of was. But their whole push to me was like high energy, come out of the gate, dancing, moving, making your faces, doing your thing, really high energy. Mm-hmm. When I should have just gotten out there with my guitar and been like, will you still love me tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. And just had it been a quiet moment of like, oh, I feel like as a kid, at some point, you started to realize, like, oh, this show's very produced. Probably because that was still in the early stages of, you know, us not realizing what reality was. What reality was. And it was even that Elvis song, right? It's like, how many fucking songs did we hear recycled through American Idol? Oh, where totally. it was like, well, they, oh, this is a song that they just want someone well, to sing. Also, and I want to add, by said, the way, that it's interesting that they made you do that song because I, when I think well, of that scene, make... I think of Allison Irahita being the rocker. So right. I wonder mm-hmm. if they were like marketing mm-hmm. you differently than her. 100%. You know, like she was going to be the, you know, the magenta haired rocker person. Right. Yeah. One... Who won that season? That was uh, Chris Allen. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But Adam Lambert was that song. Oh, yes. Right. I liked Chris Allen. I bought his album. I love 
loved his the single "Live Live, live Like You're Dying." Live yeah, like yeah. you're dying. Yeah, that was a he's good um yeah. he's a delight. He and Adam both are just like you want to bite their cheeks. Yeah. Just Blake deli- was that season too, wasn't like he? Like Lewis? No, no way that, before. before. That was Danny Goki, Elson Yurahita, Matt Gerard. I can go on. I have a disease. Mm-hmm. You have a disease. <laughs> yeah. I love it so much. You're unwell, and yes. I'm here for it. It's so interesting having you here because I've always um just in the context of Idol, right? You know, we know who. Carrie Underwood, we know the Kelly Clarksons, et cetera. And instead of rebooting American Idol, I thought it would have been more interesting if they had revisited in some sort of reality oh, thing people who were on idea. the show. Mm-hmm. Like, what's Allison doing now? Mm-hmm. What's David Cook doing? And you're doing? talking about people that did crazy well. Yeah, but even like, some people who right. didn't, and it's like, what are they doing in music? You know, just some sort of like documentary that's actually series. A, that's actually a really good idea. Hmm. I love that because I mean I I know what a lot of them are doing because we kind of keep in touch like uh-huh. I'm I, I, just even on social media and Maturad mm-hmm. perfect example and Casey Abrams and Haley Reinhardt they were uh, on the season Haley after Reinhardt, me. One of the all-time greats. Haley's but, latest album just came out she's and rigid. she's so it's another good. one where you're like what's coming how's it coming in your little yeah. tiny face? Yeah. <laughs> also, you were on a Bravo reality show called Platinum uh, Hit that I watched, which means I watched it too. Which take by the care, way, you guys, <laughs> you didn't like it. Bye. I have to go. (laughs) My car is is here. (laughs) And it's my own car that I drove here. Parked on Barton. Don't key it. You were specifically on Idol 8 and this, which means you were on two different Cara Diaguardi reality shows, which I believe is the record. It's the record. Yeah. And it's, I think of her a lot. It's too, God, why? It's too, she's lovely, but like, why? It's too more than, you, than would be. Okay, listen. So I... Since I started acting so young, I by the time I tried out for Idol, I think I was like 26-ish, I, I, I'd been acting for 17 years. And I'd done like a bunch of TV pilots and gotten development deals and been so close and done a couple things here and there and was on the nanny in Sesame Street as a kid and like doing this, doing the thing. But it wasn't, it wasn't breaking and happening in the way that a little girl dreams and a grown-ass girl dreams. So I heard about Idol and it was my and and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna I'm gonna try out. I happened to be in New York for the auditions. They were in Jersey. I brought one of my best friends, Evan, with me, and we just went to the Izod Center, whatever it's called. And I was like, let's just go. I was in high tops, and I, but because I was an actor, I spotted the cameras, and I just went up to them. So I was just like, I knew what it was to make reality television. Yeah. I'd been living in L.A. for seven, eight, ten years. And I was like, we'll just go up to the cameras and just be like, talk, you know, and just shoot the shit with them and do bits and like not even be like become friendly with them. Mm-hmm. Like I was not really playing it, but playing it a little. I was like, Yo, let's do this. And so then I just I, I, I feel like because I was an actor, I like knew how to do it. I was like, mm-hmm. Yo, let's go. And honestly, it it worked because it separated me from the other 18,000 people that auditioned in New York and 105,000 people that auditioned for American Idol that year. Yeah. 105,000. So I was I was this person that and then they put a green sticker on me, which means like, look out for this kid. Mm-hmm. And so anytime a camera saw me, then it would just film whatever I was doing. And then I'd pick up a uke or a guitar or do some bit with somebody or act a fool. And it worked. You knew the stakes. Like, you knew, like, you mm-hmm. have to immediately stand out. Because they, they're looking for any characters whatsoever. But Something then they, they can t- mark it off of that's recognizable. Because I felt Idol didn't let me do my thing. And, like, I wanted to sing. Like, I sang an original on my audition. Mm-hmm. And then after my original, they asked for me to sing a cover. And that was when I sang Jason. Mm-hmm. Jason Mraz. So, um, Bisexual anyway. icon now. 
Wait, oh, is he? Stop. Yeah, he came out as bi. When? Like recently. Oh, I hate missing news. Gay news. I hate it. Please. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate missing gay news. Wait, my jaws dropped. Yeah. He was my boyfriend from 2001 to 2004. Oh my God. God bless. <laughs> By the way, what? not surprised about the bisexuality icons. <laughs> yes. Wait, so okay. you sang his song and dated him? Well, yes. So that Was that strange for you No, all? because we had been broken up for, God, four or five years by the yeah. time I'm Yours came out. And so it was just like a song I loved and it was in line. It was sort of the only thing out that was kind of in line with the music I was making at the time, which was sort of like folk pickup not reggae but like that uh, da, yeah t- jack johnson-y mm-hmm. g lovey that's the shit that i kind of was loving to sing yeah even though what i probably should have done was like i don't know if amy winehouse was even out but amy winehouse or duffy or one of these singer girls that i yeah, could do yeah all right we're gonna yeah. reboot platinum hit let's not <laughs> oh my god i love when we don't the reason i'm so I th- psyched for that never happening the reason i think about kira diaguardi is because and stop me if i've brought this up on keep it before stop the, they brought they brought her on to not be paula yes. to be like the professional whatever and to offset paula who was getting a little loopy at the time oh, then yeah. they got rid of paula the next year and then they were like what if you flirted with Simon more seemingly? <laughs> it's like then they made her be Paula. Like, it was so strange. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the almost the opposite of strange. Like because when you look at it, you're like, I mean, of course, strange. But it's like when they're telling you what song to do, you're like, what's the end game here? And like Paula went on Leno, and they were like, who is he? When she was a little loopy, and they were like, who is your favorite this year? And this was before top. This was top thirty six, mm-hmm. and she was like, I don't know, I can't say, but oh, I love Jackie Tone. Oh wow, oh my god! And then they were like, oh bye 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 bye, don't let the door hit you. <laughs> like minutes later, so I was like, every every sort of stepping stone in that experience was like a was like hat was wrapped in a bow. Yeah, until they were like, and you're out. And then I just like. There was a letter put under. I went back to my room in the hotel, and there was like a letter under my door, and you weren't allowed to see anyone or talk to anyone. You just had to there was leave. a car there, and you just have to go. Oh. Shit is so weird. Wow. wow, I don't like that at all. That is how we kick you off of keep it. Yeah, wow. yeah. someone hands you a letter, and it actually says, it's check time under to go. the table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I was There's already. I was already leaving. You guys can't make me leave. I was already leaving. I quit. Uh, Follow Jackie, me on Instagram. <laughs> you are. Fantastic, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Did we talk Appreciate enough about Glow? It. We did. Watch season three, everybody. Season three Glow is season great. Three. Love it. The best Already season have. yet. Um, I have stand Glow on this show for as long as we've had Keep It. Oh, um, good. So, Thank yeah. You. So, yeah, people need to watch it. On it. At Jackie Tone on Instagram. 100%. Love and yeah. Gina Davis. Oh, how could you not? Yes, bitch. How yeah. could you not? Loving Thank you. you with a gigolo this yes. season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he thought I was a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, 
for the love of home. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome back to Pod Save the World. Apparently, based on how much we're supposed to know about this situation. (laughs) (laughs) Disney's live-action remake of Mulan is in some hot water. Uh, This past Wednesday, the actress Liu Yifei, also known as Crystal Liu, said on social media that she supported the Hong Kong police, who have been criticized recently by human rights organizations for their use of force against protesters. Uh, Disney has yet to release a statement. I doubt they will. (laughs) Radio silence from Disney. They're like, Disney Plus is coming out. We don't have time. (laughs) You know how overtly political they are. Right, right? Radical organization. When does it come out? 2020, I think the movie comes out. They're probably like, it'll blow over. Like, let's not get involved. Yeah. So people are tweeting hashtag boycott Mulan. And the backstory on this is a few months back, Hong Kong chief executive Carrie Lam introduced a bill that would allow for criminal extraditions to mainland China, which poses a threat to democratic proceedings. And many people fear that the bill would give the mainland government more power to punish dissenters without cause. And so... Protesters have faced an onslaught of police brutality, including the use of pepper spray and tear gas, and the UN Human Rights Office, amongst other organizations, have condemned Hong Kong's police force. And then, this past Wednesday, um, Lou on Weibo, uh, I guess it's China's version of the Bird app, that's yeah, as the Bird app. calls it. Twitter, yeah, it's like an RSS feed of just things, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it as evil as um, Twitter? Because I'd like to use it. <laughs> can we? If not. <laughs> can I bow? Can we bow? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, she put a post up with a caption that said, I support the Hong Kong police. Heart emoji, strong arm emoji. And now people are mad and tweeting hashtag boycott Mulan. Here's the yes. thing. Uh, my reaction to this is that I am angry that this has to happen to this movie because it was the one live action adaptation where I thought there was something novel about making it live action, as in watching combat sequences with this particular character would be super memorable. We Beautiful haven't had movies like that yeah. recently, you know, recently, you know, when I watched the Aladdin one or uh, even the Jungle Book one, which is probably the best of those to me. Um, I still am just thinking of the animated version. You know, like, like they're kind of just imitating animated sequences. Whereas this, I feel like uh, 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 the action of the movie would have been elevated in some way. So I'm disappointed that we now have to make political decisions based on what is happening here. I think the Princess and the Frog, by the way, would look very good live action. At least the food would look tasty. Oh, yeah. It'd be like a black Simply Irresistible. And also that would be novel because <laughs> it's so of a region. You know what I mean? So yeah. can, you'd want to see that. You know? yeah. uh, I personally wasn't going to go see the live action only because how are they going to do Mushu? They're not. Like, they're not doing Mushu. What? See, that's an extra reason not I was, to see uh, it. Some people were already boycotting Mulan because Mushu's not in it. I wanted like a fair in an Elmo costume with fire, like something wild. But they're not going to do Mushu at all. So right. what is, what's the point? 
Well, because also Mushu is named after just a, a, a dish familiar to American people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little racist. Yeah. Um, I'd guess. Uh, but I'm sure Mushu would be cute if he was in the movie. Yes, it is racist. Billy Eichner could play that too. That's right. Yeah. Oh, he should be lapping up these roles. Let yeah. him play every Disney animal. Yeah. <laughs> Bambi. <laughs> what are we getting? Bambi a still alive. He was a getting? child in that when that came out. What oh. are we getting a live action Bambi? Wow. You know Disney can't wait to shoot Bambi's mom in live action. <laughs> oh, God, that would be actually terrible. What's the really so. racist one, Song of, Song of the South? Yes, mm. right. Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> live action. <laughs> That's what I want. Starring Stacey Dash. <laughs> yeah, and Rachel Dolezal playing everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that this is now political, uh, and it's unfortunate that it sort of took this boycott Mulan thing for a lot of people to pay attention to what's actually yeah. going on in Hong Kong. Right. I feel like we just have so much shit happening in America all the time that when we start to think about, you know, like last week when we were talking about um, Pakistan, mm-hmm. you know, um, and this week we're talking about the protesters in Hong Kong, it's, you are reminded that so much stuff is happening globally and it impacts um, a lot of our culture. Yeah. And also, what she said is actually not incredibly rare among entertainers, though. Of course, because I mean, the problem is that if you go against uh, the government in China, you can be blacklisted uh, and basically have no career. You know, I think like some people try and ask like Jackie Chan what he thinks yeah, of things and at interviews, and he's like, uh, I just found out about it this week. I think is uh-huh. what he said What's in Hong response Kong? to a question. <laughs> Yeah, it's, What's a movie? <laughs> very interesting. I know that there's American actors and performers who are banned from China for, you know, meeting with the Dalai Lama or showing that they are maybe in any way against the Chinese Gaga, government. Bon Jovi, yeah. um, our friends Maroon 5. That's right. Bjork, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, is one of them. Yeah, yes. Bjork's not allowed to leave Iceland. What right. are you talking about? You can't go anywhere. <laughs> Just there. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame, but also I think it's important because now Disney will have to hopefully say something about what's going on in maybe China and Hong Kong. And she is American, right? Now she's moved. Correct. To- yeah, she lived here from the time she was like 10 to 15 or something. Yeah, and so she gets to live in a, well, rumor has it, democratic society. But these people aren't getting that opportunity. So she's kind of speaking out against them and not really giving credence to the fact that they don't have the things that we are afforded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's really just this idea that, you know, we are sliding into our own oppressive government and you see what can happen when you have a government that can sort of control what artists, um, what actors, what anyone says publicly. And, you know, you think about that when you hear people on Fox News or the president lashing out against actors and things, right? It's like, thank God that we're able to speak out without fear of being vanished. Uh, do you remember last year when Fan Bing Bing went missing? I mean, there, there was no, I, I'm going to um, sort of glibly call that a caper. <laughs> There's no comparison to that. She just was gone for a long time. She was the most famous Chinese actress. And then she reappeared. And now her oh, life a- appears to be still unraveling. Yes. Well, because apparently it was because she owed a lot of back taxes and she vanished for months and then reappeared, and now she owes the Chinese government a lot of money. That's the life, I guess, if you're a celebrity. I don't have—it's so wild. It's unbelievable. 
we treated it like a, a Shelley Miscavige situation, but truly it's like, do we know the whole story? Do we know mm-hmm. one ninth of the story? Yeah. We will see if the Mulan boycott continues, but as we've discovered on Keep It, boycotting Equinox, boycotting Chick-fil-A, boycotting a lot of things don't really work in America often. (laughs) Uh, And the movie comes out in 2020. Uh, We have like a collective amnesia about things, you know, so. Yeah. I don't remember that we just talked about it. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Can't wait for Disney Plus. (laughs) (laughs) When we're back, keep it. And we're back with our favorite segment of every episode. It is Keep It, Lewis. It's the finger-wagging portion of the show. (laughs) Get sassy. You're like an all-that character. That's right, yes. Uh, Played by uh, Amanda Bynes. It's very Amanda Bynes I was going to say Keenan, but, you know, Amanda works Sure, yeah. (laughs) We could rank the finger-wags on Mm -hmm. that show. My keep it this week is to HBO Max's new TV show version of Practical Magic. Now, if you know what Practical Magic is, it's a movie that seems like you should love it. (laughs) <laughs> After all, it's about witches and also actresses who win awards. Sandra Bullock, but in Nicole practice, Kidman. In theory, it's good. In right. practice, mm-mm. But a lot of people pretend it's like a canon queer movie when really what you like is the poster. Yes. And you like that one gif of Nicole on a broom. It is mm-hmm. a wildly bad movie. It's so inconsistent. It's a movie to me that feels like it was rewritten six times because it sort of jumps between storylines. People, the characters that don't seem connected. It forgets to be funny. It's also directed by Griffin Dunn. My heart is with this movie because it was my introduction to Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Okay. It was my very first time seeing that movie. I'm so happy that happened for you. Oh my God. Yeah, and that was the one. Kill your darlings, though, because (laughs) this movie is not good. (laughs) What was the first time I was introduced to Nicole Kidman as a kid? I think the first movie I probably saw with her in it was Batman Forever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, But also, it bears noting that this TV show follows two other characters in the movie, Diane Weist and Stockard Channing, who are the, the elder witches in the movie, and it goes back in time to the 60s in Boston. What is going on? First of all, if we're going to do anything with these people, uh, these careers, let's talk about Stockard Channing. Let's talk about Six Degrees of Separation, which is a gay movie that does not come up enough based off a fabulous play. Uh, Will Smith giving the gayest performance of his career, which is notable. I want everybody to be thinking about this. That's what I'm saying. For him? Yeah. Um, And then also... Diane Weist, I'm happy that we're doing something with the Diane Weist character of note, but we need to be giving Diane Weist herself more stuff to do because her career is still defined by two performances in Woody Allen movies, and I need us to move away from that. Mm. So whatever, give her character in Rabbit Hole, another Nicole Kidman-Diane Weist collaboration, (laughs) something to do. Yes, we are all clamoring for a sequel to Rabbit Hole, (laughs) Lewis, a television series. (laughs) Guys, if you know me, you know I love one thing, and that is shows about women weeping in cars. (laughs) Sharp objects, big little lies, and now Rabbit Hole. Hold the series, which I am arguing for. Where's your TV show? Women weeping in cars with coffee. <laughs> uh, it also sounds basically like Charmed, but in the sixties. Yeah. It also, to me, sounds a little Sabrina-ish, right? There's two older witches, whatever. Mm. So, have they cast it, or are they just an idea in the head? Just an idea. Okay. Which is where it should have stayed. I should we protest? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the theme of this episode. Protest. I whenever I think of Practical Magic, by the way, I always think of the poster for Forces of Nature, mm-hmm. 
around the same time. But it's it's ninety nine. But I'm like, it's it's not the same movie. It's just Sandra Bullock. Yeah, and Ben Affleck, and it's not about magic. I also want to contradict my own keep it for a second because at least in the case of this reboot, it's a movie that was not perfect in its original format. You know, it's not like remaking like when they remade Footloose or something like that's already a, the version of itself it needs to be. If they had just remade this movie as is, I'd be thrilled, but it sounds like it's two offshoots away from something rational. The 60s, the witchiness. Of, I yeah. like the Footloose remake. With Kenny Wormald? Yeah. And Andy McDowell? Miles Teller. Miles Teller's amazing in it. Yeah. He's great. Actually, he's never been bad in a movie. No. I, my that's a problematic my take, my maybe. My secret is that I love Miles Teller. And I, I would watch him in anything. Whiplash is not a movie I should like, and I love it. Yeah. Ego-driven men just being ego-driven at each other. I don't watch Glengarry Glenn Ross, you know what I'm saying? But I love that movie. <laughs> I would take a Practical Magic remake, though. With, like, I don't know, like, Gabrielle Union in the Sandra oh, Bullock sure. role. Uh-huh. Yeah, something like that. All right. You know what? With casting choices, maybe I can get on board now. Yeah. As of now, I'm a, re- a remake of the movie, I mean, like you said. Correct. Not the TV show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what a detour. (laughs) (laughs) Aida, what is your keep it this week? My keep it this week is easy. I saw this and was so irritated immediately. I didn't know what to do. I had to turn the bird app off, which I never do. So the bird app is Twitter. And then there's, you know, like Tinder is a swipe app. You know, there's a lot of. okay. so (laughs) Drake got a variety. What are these terms? You know, Grinder is the Lewis app. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um. Drake got a tattoo on his forearm of the Beatles. I think it's on the back of his arm. But it's in a visible, a visible place. It's Abbey Road. All of the Beatles are on it, but he is standing in front of them looking back, I think maybe pointing. Like he's, you know, being a cheeky bastard. You know, he's really trying to get into this. But what I don't like about it, and I'm good on this, keep it, because... What an arrogant thing to do. He has a lyric in one of his songs. He's like, I got more slaps than the Beatles, dog. We don't care. We don't care at all, especially but because— But they did ask for the boss, so they sent him, dog. They sent—yeah. I, I love that song. <laughs> I love the song, but I have so many problems with Drake in general, and, like, I'm getting fidgeting in my seat just thinking about it. I'm mad because the Beatles didn't have streaming, right? Like, you had to go—and there were less people on the fucking planet when the Beatles were making music. There's so many reasons why that it just doesn't match up in my head. Black people didn't exist, that they were invented in 1973. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. when we activated. Yeah, when Bandstand went off the air. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, here are black people. Well, what, what, is, what is Drake up to? Now, what this is, is doing? related to a statistic, correct? Like, he, they, uh, Drake ended up passing the Beatles in some way. Yeah, yes, yeah, sorry. I forgot to give that part. The little background is he's he is he outsold. Drake outsold the Beatles, and now he wants to commemorate it for the rest of his life on his body, which is cool. Like, first of all, let me run this little black man his things, this little Canadian man, for, you know, making a lot of money, doing great, whatever, Drake. Cool. But I see that and am disgusted. Like, who do you need to prove to that you are better than the Beatles? Our generation barely listens to the Beatles, you know? Like, what is what is the... Where's what's the impetus for this? You just look like a dickhead to me. It's also funny, just an illustration like that sounds like something someone on the internet drew for him. Yeah, you know, it feels like what looking like at like a political cartoon. It's like when you see a cartoon character with huge breasts drawn on the internet. You mm-hmm. know, it's just yeah. This is from a universe I can't join. You know? <laughs> I mean, talking about the generational difference of people like still listening to the Beatles, there aren't really Beatles stands on Twitter to drag him. I'd guess. 
because you have Mariah stands whenever yeah. people talk about record sales, right? Mm-hmm. Who are like, you had to leave your house to go and buy Butterfly. And yeah, yeah. those sales actually count, not streaming. Uh, but I think Beatles fans are like, eh. Yeah, I Whatever. think I saw like four tweets from white men in like Liverpool who were like, fuck Drake, fuck this. <laughs> Blimey. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm probably irritated just because Drake already has this kind of cocksure attitude and it, he irritates me when he breathes. But like this oh. going out of his way to, I still listen to his music though. Well, he turns me on when he breathes. Are you serious? Drake is hot. Oh my God. Come on. No, okay, fine. I guess he's kind of attractive if you squint. And look at him like sideways. You do not have to lie to kick it, Aida. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm fine with him putting it on his arm, to be honest, because the only British rock band people should care about are the Arctic Monkeys. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. What? One thing I would say is I like anything that kind of makes white people a little mad. You know, so I'm not too, I, maybe I take my keep it back. Is everybody going to contradict their fucking keep it? Yes, and you better too. It's an impish tattoo. Mm -hmm. I support a little impishness Uh, here and there. My keep it is to this report that recently came out that talks about how hot you should keep your apartment. Right. This is upsetting. Yes. The Bird app was going (laughs) on about it uh, because this woman named Jennifer Titus, who is a reporter for 10 News in Tampa, um, Tampa is always riling things up. My favorite news source. Right. That's the only place I get my news. Uh, She tweeted, how cool do you keep your house? A new report out shows these as the recommended temperatures for energy efficiency. 78 degrees Fahrenheit when you're home. The fuck? Are you talking about? Did you say 78? 78 Do we live in the tropics? <laughs> it's 78 fucking degrees outside. She's cold You mean just keep your windows open? <laughs> uh, 85 degrees Fahrenheit when you're at work or away. <laughs> yeah, I just want to leave my house overheating while I'm gone. I don't care. I'm leaving the AC on so it's cold when I walk in. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not turning it off. That's wild. Okay, no. I mean, that's expensive, No, that's, girl. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, good point, good That's point. why you can't afford an Equinox membership. <laughs> Oh keep it an AC on all day. Well, actually, now what I'll do is I'll just keep it 85 and I'll burn calories that way. Mm, See? Yeah. So I don't got to work out. Efficiency. I'll just sweat it out. And 82 degrees Fahrenheit when you're sleeping. <laughs> Bitch! That is no. crazy. <laughs> I know that black people like the house warm when you sleep. Um, I think that's a yeah, thing that's with a us. Thing. Yeah, that's a thing. There was even a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about that. White people like their house is cold. Oh, my God. I sleep at the same temperature as Walt Disney does now. <laughs> It is sheets oh of wind gosh. on my on my face when I sleep. Yeah, um, I, in fact, funny. I'm somebody who never remembers any dream I have unless if the room is too hot and then I have anxiety dreams about people breaking into the house or whatever. Hmm. I started having those recently. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You, you must be in your 30s. Well, either that or like we're both living on Elm Street and Freddie is bad. That's true. Not to make a strong <laughs> argument for racism. Yes. But that's a horrible way to start a sentence. Do you think that we run at different temperatures? Mm. I mean, I mean, is this literally true? I truly need it to be cold in the room when I sleep. All right, you're gonna start talking about phrenology. <laughs> Maybe I'm a separatist, and I just need to say it. You're gonna say you hate the 1619 Project yeah. in the New York Times too? <laughs> Maybe that is what you want to talk about, Iris. So let's talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. I think I would say keep it to the people who hate it, who haven't read it. Mm-hmm. But that's most white people when they're mad about something that black people have written that they yeah. think is racist. Uh, they just don't like that we can read and write now. 
Of course. Uh, <laughs> They're salty. Anyway, this tweet really upset me. <laughs> Are you guys fan sleepers? Um, I like something blowing on me a little bit, yes. <laughs> yeah, we know. You talked about no, it. No, we need to not go there. No. <laughs> Tell us about this hookup. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I used to be a fan sleeper. Well, I think maybe that's what I'm missing in my new apartment. Yeah. Um, I'm having those nightmares because I'm used to the sound of a whirring fan. The white fan. noise, yeah. Yeah, maybe I just need a white noise app or something uh, because the central air, I'm getting used to that in my apartment. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I will freeze myself and I don't know. It's maybe caused a lot a of rifts in my relationships whether like, you know, the person I'm with wants the fan on or off because I need it to be a certain temperature. I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. 82 degrees. I'm not sleeping. I'm sweating. That's... Well, that's also just why I like living in L.A. too versus mm. New York, because the darkest thing in New York is that when it is freezing outside, yeah. you have to have the window open while you're sleeping because the radiator is so hot. Also, people who can sleep in the same bed as somebody else have their own disease, and they don't deserve any sympathy. I'm thinking if I get married, it's a two-twin-bed situation. Yes, I want a Lucy and Ricky situation. You're across the house. You're across the house. The healthiest relationship. Separate wings. Imagine touching skin in the middle of the night. What My personal nightmare. I thought that I was the only one. The dewiness of skin in the night. Wrong. A horror film. Yeah, gross. Oh. The original lyrics of Celebrity Skin. Right. (laughs) Just the idea of your arm touching somebody's arm and then like they kind of weld together in that like epoxied sweat mess. No, I, I actually agree. Actually Anytime... sex sucks. You know people who <laughs> want to cuddle you at night? People who want to cuddle you and fall asleep? I, I agree. Ugh, get out of my house. Yeah. Anytime no. someone has actually slept over, I have never been able to sleep. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm waking up constantly. I'm getting up at like 7 a.m. and just going to sit in my kitchen. And then I'm like, when are they going to get the fuck you up? You know, California So I can go to sleep. Yeah, Rihanna. Yeah. That song is supposed to be like a forlorn, like I miss you, I wish. That's all. I'm not sleeping with anyone unless it's a California king. I, I have know. one. And it doesn't work out. I'm tall. Yeah, but I mean. Look, Most of the time if you're in a bed with other people, you're stuck in one position too. My leg is in a place it's never at. My elbow mm-hmm. is fully like severed from my body based on how I'm sleeping from. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to go into this stand up about sleeping in beds with people. No. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, black people keep their houses this hot. White <laughs> people keep their houses this hot. True. Women, be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's our show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Aida, for being here again. Thank you. Thank you and so thank much. you to Jackie Toad from Glow. Everybody watch it so Netflix does not cancel it. We know they be canceling shit. It. Netflix be canceling. <laughs> <laughs> I know we literally just finished the episode, right. but I had to step back in the studio. I had to give them some more heat. I had to drop another beat. I told Timbaland to turn my mic up. The mic is still hot, or, or in your case, <laughs> lukewarm as always. While we were recording, I did not realize that Variety put out their new cover story called Audio Boom, and it is... How Conan O'Brien and other top hosts are driving the podcast revolution. It has Conan O'Brien in front of a microphone that does not even look like a microphone that you would podcast with. The pose is very Hank Williams Sr. (laughs) Looking skyward. Was that the racist one? Huh. 
No, no, no. Hank Williams Jr. He was the racist. Yeah, Hank mm. Williams died youngish. Mm, senior. Yes. He's like you know. He was... You're cheating, heart, etc. Oh yes, I love I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it goes on about how Conan O'Brien is among a new wave of podcasters helping to transform the niche medium into a viable business. You look like you're about to burst into tears and say, we've been podcasting. <laughs> Keep been it. <laughs> I haven't said a been in a minute. I know. We were all thankful. And now we're back. Well, it was, a, you know, comedy bits die and go away or they're just all. Some never lived. Yes. Well, you know, uh, I don't really have much to say about this. I'm just like, was this written by a publicist who wants everyone to know that Conan O'Brien has a new podcast? Yeah. I mean, sincerely, it sounds like the story is, did you know that celebrities sometimes make podcasts now too? (laughs) Which is funny because, I mean, a lot of celebrities do have some popular podcasts, right? But I would say the most popular podcasts are like crime ones, which celebrities don't even do. So when we started on Keep It, we actually got the note. You guys are doing great for a non-crime podcast. Right. I was like, wow, deeply shady. I guess I have to take it. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I launched that plan for us to murder you. Right. And then launch Keep It into a mystery series. No, you should be disappointed by how resilient I am. It didn't work out. Always a Kevlar vest on me. (laughs) Uh, It's because we don't have a new third co-host yet for me to cook up the scheme. True, true, true. Once we get one. You're dead. <laughs> All right. I will keep an eye out for you and whatever butler or maid you hire to get me. <laughs> and that's actually our show. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Keep It is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thanks to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadine Melkonian for filming and editing our video content every week. find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding right your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.